Welcome to this week's episode of Two Average Ordinary Guys. How's it going, Scott? It is going wonderfully. All right. Well, we have a special guest with us tonight. We certainly do. Who's our guest? <laughs> is it is it Sam Evans? You there, Sam? I'm here. Hello, guys. How are you? We're doing good. Happy to have you on all the way from New York City. So you just released a new comedy album, and we're going to get to that in the second segment. But first, we're going to play a game. You want to just jump right into it? Okay. Let's just jump right into it. Um, I have... Um... Three sets of cards here, okay? The first set of cards, here's how, here's how this works, Sam. Um, this first thing is called the Misery Index, okay? And so what's happened is the, the lovely people over at uh, Milton Bradley have uh, scoured the globe to find the world's most miserable stories or scenarios. Then they asked a panel of respected psychologists to rate those stories based on three foundations of misery. One being physical pain, two, the emotional trauma, and three, the long-term psychological impact that that would have on you. So then they've come up with a number from one to 100 of what that might be. And also has, a, you know, it can be point something. So um, I'm going to give you the scenario and I'm going to throw it to, I'll throw it to Jonathan first so you can see how it works here. And uh, here's the first card. All right. I'm excited. Okay, so you're feeling pretty good. You uh, you go into a bar, but you end up having cocktails okay. with a recently released sex offender. All right. Where does that lay on the misery index for you? So so this is it. I just I'm 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 at the bar I'm yeah. having cocktails and this guy just suddenly like I just find out that he's a pedo? I, th- I think you'll find out, but maybe or, or, you even find out after the fact somebody in the bar or one of your friends happens to see you, oh, I saw you with such and oh, such. Oh, gotcha. And, and then oh, you find out okay. that way. So where does that where does that go? Okay, so this is an after effect, potentially. It could it, not it be is. like I find out and then I distance myself. It's uh, like days later, now my reputation is ruined. Yep. All right. So It's hurting. Yeah, it's hurting, but it's not as bad as some of the past ones you've given me. That's true. So I'm going to go with... I'm going to say a solid 39. A 39 yes. on the misery index. All right. Well, uh, uh, Sam, same same question to you. You are feeling good. You're feeling very affable. You go into a bar. You have a cocktail, and but find out it's with a recently released sex offender. How do you feel about this? Where does this lay on the misery index for you? On the misery, so to know that I shared drinks with a sex offender. Yes, Okay. I thought you and said it, you, you had. But just to let you know, full disclosure, I do this all the time. <laughs> the thing is, is that this could be a wide range, right? Because a sex offender could be somebody that was just caught peeing in an alley, right? Yeah. 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 Or it could no, be somebody that no, like... No, that's not the case. That's not the case. We're talking about a full-fledged okay, so sex you're... offender, yes. Okay, gotcha. Wait, you, think you said full-fledged. Pedophile. Yeah, it's full full fledged. I mean, it doesn't have to be a pedophile or whatever, but I mean, it's not going to be one of these t- took a piss in the alley type guys. So it's somebody that could okay. rape somebody. It's, or it's something. legit. It's yeah. legit. You you were you were bamboozled. Okay. Okay. Now and and just to make sure I'm understanding the parameters right, it's one to one hundred, <laughs> and the higher the number, the the worse it is on the misery index. Yeah, right? the more pain and correct. suffering you're going to experience from said experience. Yep. Okay. Um. Well, if it's on the three parameters, right? There's no, there's no physical pain, right? right. Exactly. No, there's none. Yeah, because you weren't the, yeah. you no weren't physical. the victim. Yeah, but there is, there is emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. And then I do think there's some psychological damage because, in in a way, you're like, what kind of guy am I that I enjoyed? <laughs> Drinks. Having drinks. Yeah. Oh, I never fire. even thought about that. The ramifications of like you just you just beating yourself up about it. 
Yeah. Like, is mm. there something wrong with me that makes me drawn know, to sex gosh. offenders? <laughs> On a scale from one to one hundred, I'm gonna go like a thirty. I don't think it's the worst. Yep. Yep. Hmm. All right. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Very I mean, I, w- I wouldn't I'm... be happy about it, but it's like you know, I didn't know beforehand, and afterwards, it's like, all right, well. Yeah. That's, uh, that's weird. I'll move on. Odds are, two days later, you forgot it happened. And you were at a solid... What, 39. Yeah, 39. So, uh, unfortunately, this one, Sam, uh, John, Jonathan uh, takes this one home because these fellas think that it should be a 67.5... Holy cow. ...on the misery index. That's that's much higher than I thought. How about that? Yeah. Psychologists. Yeah, yeah that's they, ridiculous. Think, they think it's a lot bigger deal. Hmm. All right. So... Wow. <laughs> But that brings wow. us to the, the you're not done yet though because we have the three sets of cards. That's just the first round. So you you're down one, but the, we're, we're you can still for come the, back because we have two other games okay. we're playing. <laughs> all right. I hope they're not. I hope they're not all centered around pedophilia. That'd be weird. Yeah, uh, actually well, they let's, are. Let's, let's, <laughs> we're gonna go to go to our break right now. <laughs> no, thankfully they're not. Yeah. <laughs> They're not. Um, so the next the next one is a little bit more lighthearted, I guess, uh, in some capacity. It's called Utter Nonsense. And pretty much it, it's very simple how this one works. Yeah, there's a, uh, one card that has a phrase on it, another card that has, oh, a certain accent on it. So you read the accent, you tell everybody what your accent is, and then you read the card in that accent. Pretty simple, right? Okay. So right. I'm going to send you your cards right now. We're gonna we're gonna text these to you so that way you can you, so you can play can... them in real life. Yep. I got it. All right. All right. I'm ready when you are. Okay. You want me to go first then, like we said? Yeah. You go ahead. All right. So my accent is pooping. I didn't know that was an accent. Yeah. Me either. But uh, apparently it is. Okay. So, pooping. <clears throat> All right. So. I took the dog for a walk and we crop dusted the whole neighborhood. Sounds like pooping to me. It was pooping, yeah. That was it. It's as good yeah, as it gets for me. Sounds like that's why you were crop dusting. <laughs> you needed to get back there. I needed to get it out. I was I was stopped up. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, what what did you okay. draw? Okay, my accent is Southern drawl. Mm. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, here we go. I'm gonna read my cards. There's a. Uh, the hardest part about being in an interracial relationship is selecting the Instagram filter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think that's a problem in any relationship. You I th- know, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hate to tell you though. Uh... You you've lost again this week, Jonathan. <laughs> I know. I'm <laughs> awful at accents. Is it, I'm so, is it purely just judgment? What's yes, it's just judgment. The, the, the metrics is Scott hates my accents. He thinks that I'm really bad I, at I, it. This is one of my favorite favorite games to play because I, we just cannot get one for John. It's predetermined every week that I lose this game. <laughs> it's a no brainer. <laughs> so it's tied. So we're gonna. What's this last game we're playing? Uh, all right. So how this works is. Um, I've uh, randomly drawn four cards here. I will read these cards, and then you place them in order of, um, you know, ones that you would least like to do to the ones that you would be most. You know, sort gonna... of like a sequential would you rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah. You're not gonna. Li- you're not gonna like. None of these like are gonna be these, great. Yeah. They're all gonna be pretty yeah. awful. It's just or which is the best of the worst. The easiest. Okay, so here's uh, card number one. Every time you masturbate. You have to text your friends. That's number one. 
Number two, live the rest of your life in slow motion. Number three, I, I don't know what this means, but try to try to work with it here. Have penis feet. <laughs> okay? I guess you got a pair of feet on, feet on your penis there. So do you wear and, condom shoes? <laughs> and then the last, the last one is get, uh, get plastic surgery to look like Marilyn Manson. So out of these cards, Sam, what do you think would be the easiest for you to to uh kind of get through <laughs> how, how understanding okay. is your girlfriend <laughs> okay um let me just so penis feet every time i masturbate i have to text my friend i think yes. we need clarification on that one do you text them that you I, I think that you have to text them yeah i just i just masturbate. okay it's not just like yeah. hey how's your day going yeah no i think that that yeah. would be too easy okay how many when it says when it says friends how many do you think that means like I think that friends, you know, my close I friends. mean, do you have a, how many friends do you have? I'd say close friends that I would message them to. Uh, I'd say maybe like two or three that I, I could send that and I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. There you do. Now just think about how many times you masturbate and how many times you're going to have to text them with that. So they're going to be understanding at first. Probably have then, to be a group text yeah. just to save your thumb. Frankly, I think it'll serve to curb a bad habit. You know? Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. It's like the it's like the rubber band yeah. around your wrist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I think I think the worst one for me mm-hmm. is penis feet. I think that's the least. I just don't think it's manageable. I think it's going to cripple you ultimately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's no. There's there's no bone in the penis, right? So you're walking around on essentially stubs with penises flailing off so of you're them. Really thinking about the logistics. Of I think this. you'd have to be in a wheelchair, right? Yeah, you'd have to be in a wheelchair. Yeah. You'd have to wear shoes, but there'd be nothing filling the shoes except for your penis. Yeah, because you'd want you'd be like kind of like like you'd be explicit <laughs> if you didn't have shoes on, right? Like yeah. you'd be like parents would yeah. be hiding their like children's eyes from your feet. And think about yeah, the com- yeah, you, you're scarring children. <laughs> think about the complaints too from your girlfriend that every time you have sex with her, she, it'll be like she's say it's like you were walking all over her. <laughs> yeah. So there's that, there's that too. Okay, so yeah, penis feet so is at the bottom wor- of the list. Worst is penis feet. Okay. Um, next is uh, Marilyn Manson. I don't think I could do it. It's a um, it's not a it's not a look for me. You know. It, and it's, um, it's like even if you go with just like normal Marilyn Manson look without yeah. like the made up Marilyn, it's like there's no good option. It's lose lose. It's lose lose. Yeah, there's no good era yeah, for that. Yeah, I'm trying to think like is there a sporty Marilyn Manson look? But there is. <laughs> no, um, it's all bad. And then I guess I would go now for slow motion. Am I the only one in slow motion, or is the whole world in slow motion? No, like how I I think that you have you have to be kind of that asshole guy that just does everything in slow motion like you know you like you're like the sloth from zootopia yep okay yeah actually you know what i'm gonna go back i'm gonna put i'm gonna go penis feet and then slow motion because oh. i think that's like i think you're truly gonna get the shit kicked out of you or get hit by a car or something if yes, you're doing yes. slow motion i still right? think it would be more irritating to deal with you than it would to be you yeah 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 Okay. And I feel like I could get around the Marilyn Manson thing some way, somehow. Okay. And then, yeah, and then I honestly think the most doable thing is texting your friends every time you masturbate. Jesus, you have so much better friends than I do. 
<laughs> I'm so jealous. It's just because Scott's best friend is his dad. That's true. <laughs> dad knows everything about me, Jonathan. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's see what the, the champ over here has to say. Where would you put these cards, Jonathan? So I'm doing the same ones? I'm doing the same exact cards. How okay. would you do it? All right. Um, How would you do it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I think you're the kind of guy that could manage some penis feet. (laughs) I don't know you very well. (laughs) But let me tell you this. I think you could do that. I think think you'd probably get penis feet? No, because I think you'd get something like really nice to go on those feet, like, you know, (laughs) like little bow ties. Some Italian, some Italian (laughs) slippers, shoes or something. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I don't know. The penis feet's tough. It is really tough. Like, I think you could dress up the penis feet to kind of hide them. Now, they never said it was like a life-size feet. It might just be like little feet. Well, I mean, I, your, I guess that would, little dick. That kind of, I mean, depends on what, I guess, your reality is. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That is true. You could have much bigger feet like, than mine. Like swimming in cold water would be awful. That's true. <laughs> like you wouldn't get any like push. Um so plus like 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 i mean what would happen to your like your shoe if you saw like a really hot lady on the bus you know what i mean i don't think anything's gonna happen to your feet i think the 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 uh so they're benign penis feet like they're they're non-functioning no they work (laughs) okay well now you're confusing me (laughs) i i don't know what's more confusing than penis feet right so so they don't work but I mean, I would, I would. No, they work. Okay, so if they you just don't get erect because feet don't get erect. Well, feet are also not penis. Is yeah, that's true. We're, we're just having a terrible. So argument yeah, this here would about be this would be feet. tough because I mean, you know, you know, you're, we're all guys here. That's true. You know, you just sometimes, sometimes for no reason, staring at a cloud, you're like, what is that? Why is that there? And then other times, you see some beautiful person walking down the street, and blammo, and it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to. You don't want to get off on the wrong foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i grow two Damn, inches today great <laughs> so uh, that would just be really difficult you know like i, I so you guys are uh, on the same page on that one i think we are on the same page okay there. penis feet are no good okay so penis feet would definitely be the hardest okay the, i would switch it around it's the hardest <laughs> or the okay uh so then next one in line for me would probably be um, probably the, like the text your friends to masturbate thing, just because my friends hate like texting and like phones, like so it's like 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 they'd consider this spam. Yeah, they're kind of like I already don't like it when you just say hi. Like you just give me a call and we can go golfing. Like why are you texting me this? You know? Yeah. Like they would probably not be my friends for very long. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. And plus, plus, like I have friends who are clients, and that would just be inappropriate. Um, your friends aren't as good as Sam's. Yeah, apparently. Sam has much better friends. Than he does. I, do. um, I would say <laughs> probably next would be like get the the uh, the live the rest of your life in slow motion because I, I I do a lot of things like I'm very active. I, like I have a lot of yeah, jobs just have to get up earlier. A lot of things. I just I, there's no way I could. I get really angry <laughs> if somebody's going slow in traffic. I want to murder them. I wish I had like a Mario Kart type of a option to be able to throw okay. turtle shells at people. So if I'm that person, I, I it'd be really difficult for me. Okay. And then they get plastic surgeon to look like Marilyn Manson. I think my wife loves me enough that she would be like, oh, if you really want to do this, Jesus. I'll stay with you. You guys' lives are much better than mine. So, um, but if she divorced me, 
that would be tough and I'd probably have to put this back in the more difficult pile. But I think that that would probably be, that'd probably be it. Yeah, you lose again. I probably do. I'm so sorry, uh, Sam. Congratulations, you're the you're the you're winner the champ of the day. this week. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you get a virtual high five. <laughs> John falls to Owen seventeen. This is I'm, so I'm sad. This, I'm hitting it myself for you. Yeah, thank high you. Five. All right, well, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about Sam's new album. All right, welcome back. So we're here with Sam. Uh, Sam, tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself. Uh, my name is Sam Evans. I am an Ohio, Toledo, Ohio native. And um, let's see, I've been doing stand-up comedy for about 10 years now, over 10 years. And uh, yeah, this past fall, I recorded my first album at my home comedy club, Go Bananas, in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, it finally came out right right in the middle of quarantine. Perfect timing. Uh, which was not strategic. I was not <laughs> trying to uh, take advantage of a of a pandemic. And um, uh, yeah, it's good. It's out now. It's available everywhere. It's called, it's called Sweet Baby Boy. My album. It's it's very funny and and certainly legit. I, I mean, I've I've heard it twice now, and I I really enjoy it. I was actually uh, very surprised. I mean, as anybody is who's from Toledo, always surprised when somebody does something legitimate from here. I don't know why that is. I guess we're just all assholes. But um, uh, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Um, number one, uh, number one, since you brought brought it up. Uh, the timing of your release of this uh, comedy CD, do you, do you feel that that uh, helped uh, everybody kind of being home looking for things to listen to? Or do you think it was a hindrance that you weren't able to kind of go out and rub elbows with people? Or to, support it yeah. by doing a tour or whatever? Uh, kind of both. Okay. It actually, it, the release of it got pushed back uh, by like about a month and a half just because um, the label that I was working with, which is a really good comedy record label called Blonde Medicine, based in San Francisco. And it, it was kind of just, um, you know, uh, uncharted territory as far as like promoting it. You know, um, normally you would do a lot of stuff like this. You would go on podcasts, you would do radio, um, you know, it, took the world a second to sort of adjust to new ways of doing podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. So in a sense, it, I guess it hurt a little bit just because I had to push it back. But then I, I do think, yeah, being that everybody is just in a place where they're like, well, I would love any new media to consume. I, I think it helped uh, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. For, for a while there, no, uh, nobody had the excuse that they were too busy. <laughs> I, have another, I have another question too um, since you brought up the idea of there being a label for this um, this comedy album and I've, I assume they do other comedy albums as well or have released other ones do you, I was wondering if you get the same kind of pushback that musicians would get for instance if you know musicians on a label sometimes the the label wants them to lead off with the good song and kind of front load the the album you know what i mean so it kind of uh uh you know lack of a better word fizzles out as the album goes the weaker tracks on the end uh yours seems to be a linear show an actual show like i would see if i went paid money and went to a comedy club is is that the case yeah yeah it's uh i don't think in the process of editing it they 
change the order on anything. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, between deciding to record an album and when it was recorded was probably about a six month period. And for the most part, all of the material was like pretty well decided upon. I'd say there was maybe about 10 to 15 minutes worth of jokes that I kind of was working out in the last six months or so. Um, but every time I was going out on the road to like do a longer step, uh, like a like a anywhere from forty five minutes to an hour, I was sticking mostly to the same order as far as jokes go. Yeah, I I, I definitely had a um uh, uh what am I trying to say? You yeah, a, I guess just a linear. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, had a flow to it. You you knew where you wanted to go. Yeah. Did you? Mm-hmm. Will you ever make um adjustments to 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 your show depending on like oh boy, these, these, these jokes aren't going well and I need to maybe switch up or skip something that you see coming up or is it just like, <laughs> fuck it, I'm just going to roll straight through it? Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. I'll tell you, this is actually a pretty good story and it's, it's pretty funny too because it was the, the weekend I recorded, um, uh, it was at Go Bananas in Cincinnati, like I said, and we recorded all six shows. They do six, six shows in a weekend there. So it's like one Thursday and one Sunday and then two on Friday and Saturday. And the show that I initially thought was going to be the best was the early show Saturday and it was a very full room. And I was really frustrated because my brother, Zach, uh, Josh and I, other brother, uh, had drove down from Toledo. And I was like really excited uh, for him to be there and to see the show. And it, it was my least favorite crowd of the weekend. They were mm-hmm. older and a little tight. And it was really funny because about... 10 minutes into my set, I made reference to some like stern looking older gentlemen in the front row <laughs> and, and, and they laughed. They, they were really sweet guys, but okay. then they, I think it was his daughter-in-law. Uh, as soon as I referenced them, she was like, it's his birthday. He's 96 years old. Oh. And, and so it, it, I just, I had fun riffing about his age and, and talking to him for a little bit. He was a nice guy. But then I couldn't get out of my head uh, for so much of the show about, I'm not like the filthiest comic in the world, but there are a handful of jokes that I immediately was like, well, I'm not going to do this in front of a 96-year-old man. I just yeah. don't think it'll go well. Um, so yeah, I definitely adjusted on the fly for that one. I probably regret it though, because I just was so in my head the whole time and, and I didn't have fun at all. Uh, do, do you... Do you yeah, yeah, you... Do you ever have those shows where you, um, where you just kind of having a, a bad day and you're just like, I, I don't care. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let these people have both barrels. <laughs> Do you mean like in in a good way or a bad way? Like you know, I mean, well, I mean, I guess in a bad way because you know you're just like, I, I'm not gonna pull any punches. I'm, I, I see that this crowd isn't gonna be as receptive as I hope they would be, and I don't give a shit. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just, just gonna, gonna do these jokes, plow through. <laughs> Does that ever happen? Uh, you know what I. I wish I had that. I, I, I mostly just start to like hate myself. I think I blame myself, uh, which I, I hate so much because there are comedians that I know that are like funny, the the angrier they get, the funnier they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't have that muscle in me comedically. And it makes me so sad because if I get like upset about how the show is going, my girlfriend, she's a comic too. And she's like, you just have a really bad poker face. And she's like, if you're not having a good time, everyone knows you're not having a good time. So I do kind of like internalize it. And sometimes I can get in a pretty good spot where I can just say fuck it and 
struggle through, you know. But yeah. usually, I'm just like a sad, sad little puppy. <laughs> so where does that leave you when uh, when jackass hecklers start to crop up? I mean, I, I you know, this is the the plague for every comedian that I've heard is the 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 dreaded heckler. How do you deal with that then? <laughs> um, I try to just have fun with him because, like I said, if I get angry, it's not even that I'm not funny. I don't speak well when I'm angry. Mm. So if I have like a heckler that's like saying something, uh, I can't let myself get mad or I know the whole show will go to shit because I just, it's not my strong suit. So I try to treat it more like a party, you know, where it's like, all right, they're talking, whatever they say, I'm just going to make sure that I stay the center of attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not going to like, if I can help it, I'm not going to take anything they say as antagonistic. Uh, I'm going to always make it a joke. I'm going to try to keep it lighthearted, whatever. I'll try to tell them to shut up. You know what I mean? But I try not to get mad. There's always exceptions to that. I had, oh man, I was in Bridgeport, Connecticut, probably six months ago. And I was so mad because the guy was so drunk. He had like passed out by the time the headliner, my friend, finished his set. But he got me so good because I was doing a, a show for like a small crowd. I was doing half an hour. And I was doing really well until about 20 minutes in. For some reason, the energy just left the room. And I just looked around and I was like, did somebody die in here? And the guy just goes, yeah, you. And I just did not recover. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so mad because it's like, I'm not cleverer than that. You know, I can't muscle through that. But it just got me so good. And I just stumbled awkwardly. And I remember I got off stage. I was like, fuck that good piece. And he he was fully passed out. By the time the show is over. I, I can totally relate with you. I, I struggle similarly, Sam, with, with uh, when somebody gets kind of antagonistic and then I kind of look inwardly and be like, why do I suck? You know, why does this guy hate me? You know, uh, and then I end up being like super like Woody Allen neurotic about why that sort of happened and play all the different scenarios in my head. And uh, it's, it's, it's been funny. It's one of the things as I've like worked through my career that I've had to get better at just because out of necessity. Um, as you move yeah. forward, it's like, otherwise your employees will end up like walking all over you and you're like, yeah, giving like free bonuses to everybody. And it's just like, and next thing you don't have like <laughs> money for payroll. So, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's being able to keep, keep that, that, uh, balance and kind of work toward being able to deal with those situations. So no, I, I can, good. I want Sam to be my boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it is. You really, it's, um, and that kind of thinking, I think if you're inherently, neurotic and things like that it really is a skill that you have to learn to Mm. to do those mental gymnastics to be like all right this isn't going well but you know i still have inherent value i'm not a piece of shit (laughs) uh you know and it, it sounds so silly but it really is just like over time you have to slowly learn to not live and die with every negative experience you just slowly become like al franken with the uh yeah, yeah. Stuart smalley oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm good enough and i'm dumb <laughs> yeah. enough gosh yeah. darn it yeah. people yeah, love me yeah. <laughs> um so you know you, you're an artist sam i don't know if you know that but you are and that's that's a tough this, this is a tough profession i mean comedian just hearing him tell the stories mm-hmm. makes me sweat yeah with fear of being in front of an audience like that. I mean, it's just you. Yeah. Yeah. It's you just know? you. Well, I mean, you, you hate you got, it. There's nothing to hide behind you. You hate performance in general, right? You Scott? bet like, your ass you, I That do. was like, you, you stick you in a studio and that's where you're home. That's where I, that's where but I like to be. You don't be. want to be in front of people. And the, but you, like, if you were the only person up there, 
and there was no guitar on you and you're just totally stripped and you have a mic and you have oh, to tell God. jokes for a half hour i mean what worst thing would there be it, for it would be it would be terrible yeah i mean you know for for me um you know i've i've kind of refocused so i've started out in a band but now i do music for the theater or a little bit of television or whatever it is i get to be behind the scenes i get to do what i want to do in solitude mm-hmm. work on it as much as i want and take the kind of the punishment behind the scenes instead of on stage right um so sam the question to you is like as an artist where what where would you what would satisfy you where would you like to be what would you like to see come what kind of success would you like to springboard into from from doing this oh man um that's a really good question and unfortunately one that uh that you're just gonna beat yourself up about for the rest of the night i bet (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 um I've had to I've had to think about it a lot lately, just because um, certainly moving forward, you know, live performance is kind of in this weird place where you know it's it's not uh, in New York it's not happening, you know, wow. and in a lot of other places, you know, we have to be careful. Um, I did a I did I hadn't done stand up for like a hundred days, and then I just recently did a weekend of shows where it was like 50% capacity, you know, socially distanced mm-hmm. seating. Yep. And I had to wear a mask and everybody in the crowd wore a mask, which is fine, you know. That had to be but kind so of difficult, like I, though, right? For, for for you, especially, right? I mean, it's one thing if the crowd had Wait, a mask he on. had to wear a mask? That's what he just said, yeah. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, I wore a mask. Yeah, How can yeah, you be yeah. funny with which a is, mask on? It, it, <laughs> Unless it's a paper bag, like the guy from the gong show. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah it's exactly. awful. Yeah. So I would, I would tell you, like, I love, I love just doing standup. Like that is my wheelhouse and I like it a lot. Um, but you can't really do that as a comedian solely. There's actually very few comedians who make like all of their cash from just doing standup, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've been, my girlfriend and I have, uh, been working on like sketches together Mm-hmm. Uh, especially during like quarantine and stuff like that, things that we can do from home. And then I also have a podcast of my own with a really good friend of mine it's called Up Your Butt and Around the Corner. <laughs> and uh, I, I definitely like that. I like the world of podcasting and maybe like radio, satellite radio, stuff like that. Things where you can just get in the room with like comedians and other funny people. And even though you're not on stage, you are just kind of riffing you know and just having a generally good time mm-hmm. uh if i could do that forever i would be thrilled you know yeah do you, I, I your your degrees in uh in english correct like your your actual bachelor's correct am i right there yeah that's true so do you, do you ever see yourself becoming like a writer or like writing like a sitcom or, or maybe jokes like for movie? other folks or, yeah. or whatever um I, you know i I could see that, but the the real truth of the matter is I just don't sit down and make the time to do it, Okay, you know? And um, as much as I could see it for myself, and I do think I, I could do it, um, I just haven't. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think the truth is, like, it's not where my heart lies, right, right. And, if I'm and, being honest. And you're kind of doing it with the sketches and with the Up Your Butt and Around the Corner podcast. Like, those two things, you're actually writing. You're just not taking the time to do the you know, a, a yeah. ton of, of ton of pre-work. I, well, maybe with the sketches you are, you're, you're, you're conceiving these different ideas and, and then playing them out. But, uh, but maybe that's yeah. just that, that expression mm-hmm. for now, but. 
for, for some reason, the only kind of writing that I can do by myself that I find tolerable is sitting down with a notebook and either like free writing, uh, just trying to get like joke premises or sitting down with a notebook and trying to edit my own stand up or, mm-hmm. or add lines here and there. But if I'm working on a sketch or a show or anything like that, I need people in the room to kind of work off of, I think. Just kind of bounce ideas off of and, and, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And I mean, that's one of the, one of the most underrated parts about comedy is just getting to hang out with the most funny people when you're not on stage, you know? All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about the trials of being a comic in the current PC culture. We'll be right back. So, so I'm not easy to sleep next to. I get it. I, I do. But she's not easy either. She talks in her sleep. That's a lot. It is. It's also a misnomer, right? Nobody ever actually talks in their sleep. No one's ever actually like, oh, hello, how are you today? <laughs> no, they're always like, ah, 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 Nobody talks in their sleep. They yell in a language that's been dead for a thousand years. <laughs> You're like, it's Kid Rock <laughs> sleeping next to me. Welcome back. We're here with Sam, and we're going to kind of go a little bit further down this uh, comic trail. So um, starting off, uh, Sam, what, what are some of the uh, comics that were inspirational to you and uh, kind of got you interested in taking your career down this path? Actually, yeah. It's interesting that you say this, John, because you were one of the first people to show me, and I was already... There's like an era of the Comedy Central present. Those are like the, the half-hour specials that Comedy Central does. Uh-huh, yeah. And there were there were just a bunch of those that I became obsessed with. Uh, admittedly, I was a huge Dane Cook fan. Uh-huh. Uh, I um, Lewis Black was a big one. And then I remember the first time I ever heard Jim Gaffigan was in your car. I think <laughs> you had his half hour presents on a CD, and we listened to the whole thing, and I was just blown away. It was so so funny. Oh, that's funny. Um, so, like, a lot of that era of comedians. Maria uh, Bamford is a huge, huge influence. Uh, yeah, just a bunch of those. Okay, okay, cool. Who who are some of the, the more modern guys that would be your contemporaries that uh, you're excited about when you hear uh, they're releasing new material? Oh, man. Um, I don't know if I would call him necessarily a contemporary because I think he's very beyond me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm just such a huge fan of this guy, Chad Daniel. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. He has a special on Amazon called Dad Channels. Okay. And uh, he, he's just one of the, one of the funniest comedians, uh, I think, working today. And he's very prolific. He has a bunch of albums. He is also, I think, remember before when I was like, I can't get angry mm-hmm. because I'm not funny. He is, when he gets angry at a crowd, it is one of the funniest things in the world. <laughs> and he's also this is going to sound like an insult but it's not he's one of my favorite people to watch do comedy for a shitty crowd because I swear to God he has this ability to tell an audience that they are terrible and he doesn't like them and he will still murder it's insane uh, so it almost like elevates so, him like it's it, it's it's like when Michael Jordan had the flu and still and put up like 50 on whoever it was that he he did that on. It's like this is that that guy's like like you're you're my flu as the audience and I'm going to still drop 50 on you tonight. <laughs> yeah. 
Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If he's just irritated, it just adds like, an, it's like, uh, like what's that knob in an engine or whatever? It just ups. Yep. The, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's incredible. Um, I think, I still think Maria Bamford to this day, all of her new specials have been so incredible. Uh, she's one of the most unique comedians to ever do it. Okay. Um, there's a, fr- a friend of mine, this girl named Emmy Blotnick. She is so, so funny. She's great. Uh, she wrote for uh, Stephen Colbert for a little while, and she was just really, really talented. She's fantastic. Well, what about you, Scott? Any, any uh, anybody in particular? You know, mine were always um, the the black comedians that the those were like the king of the ring, um, like Richard Pryor. Oh, or? Yeah, so it started out with there's like a lineage. Okay. Um, in my opinion, is like uh, Richard Pry- Richard Pryor, and then it was uh, Eddie Murphy, and then after Eddie, Mur- these are like the king of the rings. Uh, yeah, you know. In my yeah. opinion, and then um, Chris Rock, after that, and then mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think Dave Chappelle is pretty damn good. Now I, I really yeah. enjoy his comedy, and I mm-hmm. think everybody has. It's a very mainstream, yeah. but there's something about the delivery of all those comedians. You're kind of picking so f- the '92 Dream Team. Yeah, it really is. I mean, <laughs> my favorites um, are Magic I, and Larry Bird. I, you know, as you know, uh, people on the show might not know, but uh, I, I cuss yeah. a lot. Yeah, you you tone it down on here. Oh, I tone my. You, you shitting me? I'm toning it down so so much. I mean, PG, my kids cuss a, more than you, John. PG thirteen shows. Scott. <laughs> um, but uh, there's something always funny about how they would work cuss cuss words in mm-hmm. to their uh, stuff. I know that sounds just so base, mm-hmm. but there was just something no, that I was just, just yeah. so foreign, so to foreign to me about it. Because I'm just you know just a white guy, you know. Yeah. Something about it that was just super cool, uh, very cutting edge. Um, I just, I just always still gravitate. I have so many uh, comedy discs that I bought of like the Deaf Comedy Jam and, and stuff okay. like that. Yeah, I, I own like every one of them, and there's so many little gems. All right, along the mm-hmm. way, I couldn't even think of the the names, but those are the the big ones for me. What What about you, there, big fella? All right, so I, uh, for me, like the. I like quite a few vintage comedians, okay. but um, like I know this is really bad to say nowadays. But Buddy Hackett, no. <laughs> like I like the old Bill Cosby stuff. I mean, it was like legitimately funny if he wasn't talking about date rape. Uh, We're canceled. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. But like moving into like the modern era, like my favorite current uh, guy that I, I find myself laughing at no matter what he does is Tom Segura. Um, I feel like oh, I, I love Tom Segura. I feel okay. like we get each other on some sort of like you know like different plane of existence to where he speaks like truth and we speak the same truth together it's kind of really awkward and weird mm-hmm. but um but yeah that's that's who i would say it's it, oftentimes i can i can listen to the cd like 10 times and laugh just as hard the 10th time as i did the first time yeah so, so yeah that's, that's what yeah, i would he, say um speaking about he, that it seems like a lot of the people that we talked about here like between dave Chappelle. And um, and even Segura to a degree, a lot of them are talking about like the censorship thing that's going on kind of now where it's like comedians may feel afraid to say the joke that they had written because of uh, fear of backlash or cancel culture. So do you see this sort of thing when you're talking to other comedians or maybe in the club with other comedians? Do they seem like they're self-censoring or maybe your girlfriend says something about maybe you should write a joke about honey? And uh, something <laughs> off color gets put on Twitter or something. Uh, do, do you do you uh, have you noticed anything? Do you see any of this? Do you have to change any of your own jokes? Uh, just what kind of what you're feeling on that? Um, yeah, you see it all the time. You know, they're um, 
I don't know, I guess there are kind of two schools of thought about it, right? Where there's comedians who are just against any kind of censorship uh, and just oppose it vehemently. Mm-hmm. And then there's comedians that are like, you know, we have to have like boundaries on what we should say. Um, I don't know. I can't, I, I hate to be so middle of the road about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, cause for me, I think like you can, you can say anything if it's funny enough, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. yeah. whatever you're saying, whatever you're saying, it just has to be funny enough and you can pull it off. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, with comedy, there's no, there's no joke you can write completely before saying it out loud. Right. And then you take it on stage and it's done. It's, it's always a, I'm going to try this and maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. I think Chris Rock said that in an interview. Chris Rock has a really famous bit that I bet you guys have both heard and it's called N-Words versus Black People, right? Yeah, sure. And uh, he said in an interview quite famously, he was just like, the first six months, I was doing that bit. It was just the most racist thing and nobody liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had to like power through it. Uh, and you know, obviously that's all relative. Like it's Chris Rock doing that bit. Right. I'm not going to get on, go on stage and try a similar bit to that because right. I'm, a <laughs> come on, <white>. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, there are like, I think I get offended because I do think that there, it's not even that I'm offended by what you're saying because I do comedy, right? And mm-hmm. I've heard every awful thing in the world that you think someone could say. So it doesn't really offend me anymore. Yeah. But what offends me is when I think I see comedians doing comedy that is edgy or shocking, and they think what they're saying is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they are kind of fooling themselves by how... Uh, off-limited is. They're just, you know, it's shock value, and I'm right. just not very impressed by shock value. There so, has to be, like, real joke writing along with it, or so, else it's it's worthless, you know? Yeah, so it's kind of like like the kiss of comics, right? Where it's like the, the songwriting kind of sucks, and the singing kind of sucks, but they have this really great stage show where they drink blood, and it's like all musicians really kind of see through it, but <laughs> some of the crowds go crazy because yeah. of the shock value. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more about the spectacle of oh my god, I can't believe he's saying it, you know. Yeah, yeah and it's it's like um, don't comedians too? They look down on uh, other comedians who kind of aim for the low hanging fruit jokes or the easy jokes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and it's <laughs> the, the out of bounds jokes. I mean, there's I think we all have like out of bounds jokes that we find hysterical. And we have out of bounds jokes that we hear that we really get angry about. You know, we hear them, we're like, how could they, how dare they joke about that thing, right? But I, I feel sure. like personally, like if, if those jokes aren't allowed, if we don't have the, the freedom of speech to say those jokes on either side, then whatever the milk toast boundary is here will continue to move away from anything funny. Like I, I feel mm-hmm. like if we don't have that out of boundsy type of ability, that comedy itself, like the boundaries are going to move itself so far into the secure place that things just become really, really echo chambery funny um, and to where they're not really yeah. funny. Yeah. Good point. I, I very much agree with that. And I think uh, if, if you're offended by a joke, I, I understand that. Everybody has a right to have like a visceral reaction. And, you know, comedy is always subjective, right? If you mm-hmm. just don't think something's funny, then you have every right to say that you don't think something's funny. But I do think that a lot of people forget that they also have the option to just not listen. Yeah. Just turn it off. Just do anything else. Change the channel. 
put on a different special, leave the show, right. do anything else. Yeah. You know? And don't go to a comedian that you know you're going to disagree with and then raise some sort of stink because this comedian said something that offended you, <laughs> you know, yeah, like that. That's, yeah. that's another thing I've seen as well. It's like, you have no business being at that show to begin with. So, um, yeah, I have a question I'd like, I'd like to ask. Uh, this is a question that I've asked other comedians before. Do you have people that come up to you and say, Hey, I got this great joke. You should do this, or do they? Do you have people coming up to you trying to give you material or steer you towards material? Um, yeah, occasionally I will. Usually I don't take it, and it's not even—it's not even that I'm that bothered by it. It's just that most people that are like, "I have this great joke," or "I have this great idea," or "I have this," I would feel weird taking it first. Hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. being like, "Thanks, I'm going to use it," and also. Uh, um, with rare exceptions, it's usually not that funny, um, <laughs> or, uh, at least to me, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not even that I'm, I, I don't get annoyed by it, but, um, yeah, it happens and it's just like, oh, thank you. You know? Interesting. Yeah. So Scott, uh, don't, don't, don't get, no, I have a bunch of material for you, Sam, <laughs> if you were here, trust me. I was say, are you, are you about to shoot me a writing? I was, I was he, he, was fishing. he was fishing. I was fishing. Yeah. You shot me down, but gently. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, uh, as we, as we close this segment, uh, Sam, can you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find or stream your, uh, your new album? Uh, everywhere that you can stream and or buy stuff. So you can get it off uh, Amazon, Google Play, and then you can stream it on Spotify, Pandora. It's, it's on Tidal. I just found out it's on Tidal. Oh, That's awesome. Friday. Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Little, oh. uh, yeah, yeah. Me, I've got a meeting with him tomorrow. All um, right. <laughs> so I, it's, so it's, I'll probably, um, when I start uh, going on the road again, whenever that starts happening, um, I, I'll just uh, have download cards, you know, yeah. if anybody wants to buy one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us this week, Sam. And uh, we, we of course. Re- really appreciate the time here. We uh, we hope the uh, album goes incredibly well for you. It's called uh, My Sweet Baby Boy, right, Sam? Uh, Sweet Baby Boy. Yeah. Sweet Baby Boy. Yeah. I always add my it's, to the beginning. It's of it. very good. Yeah. I was very surprised and, and I enjoyed it. I've listened to it several times. Yeah. Yeah. It's, thanks it, so much. It's guys. quite funny. Thank you. My favorite favorite segment is actually the end of it. I know Scott was talking earlier about putting your head at the beginning, but your your aunt story it kills me. It's so. very funny. I like the uh, I like the honey story. Yeah, yeah, honey story is probably for, number two for me. So, thank you. Thanks. I haven't haven't heard from that aunt since I put it out. So we'll <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, and she definitely knows it's out there. I think she's heard it. Oh, nice. I don't know how she feels about it. Yeah, well, I think we know the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, that Christmas, that Christmas is going to be awkward. <laughs> You'll find out 10 years from now when you see her again. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, come back, and we'll talk about what's going to be on next episode. Sounds good. All right. So I was uh, I was doing shows down there. I was trying to keep it a secret from my family because I didn't want them to come, and they all showed up. <laughs> Specifically, my aunt uh, Dina. This is an older Southern lady. She's pushing seventy. She's churchified, you know. And she showed up. She was like, "I want to come see you do your skit." <laughs> I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> and I told her, "I was like, Aunt Dina, I'm glad that you're here." 
It's great, you know? But I need you to know that my act is blue. It's dirty. And I don't want you to be too scandalized. And my Aunt Dina said to me, verbatim, she just goes, oh, honey, you're fine. Just don't go up there and talk about your Aunt Dina's little titties. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna tonight, you know, but I'll talk about that until God rips me from this earth. Cause that's the crate that you thought I would, that's not like a hack topic for comedians. Nobody's like, oh, comics, they're all the same. It's airline jokes and dating jokes and jokes about their aunt's tits, you know? All right, so uh, yeah, thanks again to Sam for uh, joining us for this uh, this podcast. It was awesome having him. Fantastic new CD out. My, yeah, uh, a lot of great info too about comedians. You know? Yeah, yeah, some some backstory there that uh, some questions I've had, some questions you've had that yep. we, we had the answers to. A little bit of a little bit of clarity there. So, and a really really good CD. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah, it is. It's, you would never guess it that it was. Toledo born in some way, you know. Toledo born, Cincinnati recorded. Cincinnati yeah. recorded. Yeah, but it's uh, you know, it's 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 great content. It's really funny. It is. So, um, uh, upcoming episodes, we have uh, Mark Frederick coming up, and uh, in the next little bit, uh, I think either next week or the week after, Mark will be with us. Uh, Mark was a comic here in Toledo for a little bit of time, so it's kind of like the comedy, <laughs> the comedy block of uh, two average ordinary guys. That's good. Um, uh, Mark's a funny guy. Uh, he's a he's an old friend. Um, and then after that, we have, uh, I think Ajax is coming back. So <laughs> we always love him. Yeah. So that's going to be fantastic. So haven't decided exactly what we're going to talk about just yet, but w- whatever it ends up being, I'm sure is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun. So see you next right. week. Got to go now. Bye. Bye. Bye.